0: Aloha! This is Dr. Tiki. And I'm listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. I'm glad to hear that you are too. sci fi Saturday, oh, Saturday night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people
1: to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof.
0: It's your maker's duty to tell us the truth. Confess, concise, that, that you will give your witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message bring to people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. bye by Saturday night. From the Pixie and Dixie Cup Recycling Program, deep on sub-level 14 of Area 51, tonight we are proud to present an animated revival of Deputy Dog, featuring a whole lot of people, adapted for radio by Stephanie Meyer's younger brother Oscar, featuring the voice talents of Linda Carter, Pam Anderson, and once again welcoming the beguiling yet waterlogged Esther Williams. Welcome to TalkCast 297. This week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, uh, enjoying the pre-tryptophane sweats because it's our pre-nice
1: pronunciation.
0: Tryptophan, whatever. I was close enough for government. When have I ever pronounced anything right?
1: That was my point.
0: I'm I'm the Dome. Hi, how are you joining the talk cast tonight? Some of the gang of five, uh, actually it's, it's the gang of two and a half today, and I'm the half. In the revered time, Vortex our technical omnivore. For those of us uninformed peasants, that means she's the button pusher because she has all the buttons. and She knows how to push them. It's her own girl genius, Kriana.
1: I have a ruler. I'm not afraid to use it.
0: That's what the nun said. From the stacks of her personal space in the Dank Dungeons industrial trailer parking lot, and new and improved cloned vegetable market, welcome to Zombrarian.
1: Happy Thanksgiving
0: <laughs> I think she means it this time uh, do, some...
1: no wait because i I have to warn people ahead of time okay that I am actually preparing Thanksgiving dinner stuff as we speak so if you hear weird clanking
0: or you some it's a
1: robot
0: or if you hear someone go shit you will know what happened
1: yeah that that is likely actually. <laughs>
0: Our guest tonight is uh, someone that we met at Rhode Island Comic Con uh, in the bowels of the skating rink, actually, which is kind of an odd thing. And and you're going to have to help me with your name, because it's an odd spelling, and as has previously been. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, okay, wait a minute. You just insulted the guest. Nice. Your (laughs) name is spelled odd.
0: Oh, no. Unless your name is
1: actually odd...
0: There I... are a few missing vowels, is what I'm saying. But there I... aren't. That's wow.
1: The wow. Okay. Nice dome. Your name is wrong and you should feel bad, is what we so say here on Sci Fi Saturday
2: Night. You know how your co host's name is Kriyana, and then there's a K-R there and you don't have to, to toil over it's that. It's called
1: a consonant cluster. Get over it. It's
2: exactly the same thing. So my name is Kfir. It's K F I R. And uh, don't worry about it. I have uh, people who have known for, you know, my best friends for. Almost twenty years, and uh, they still say it wrong. So,
1: well, don't will certainly do that. Don't worry. I, I will do it. Repeatedly he just doesn't have to because insult because you it while doing
0: with it. Easy names, and and like Amanda. You know, yes, I've done that one <laughs> wrong many times. Actually, uh, I actually have. It's not something I'm proud of. I believe it's late onset dyslexia, but that's a whole other story.
1: On-sent dyslexia.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's exactly what I said. Wow. As as we were exploring uh, the different halls and, and and crevices of Rhode Island Comic Con, and there
1: were crevices.
0: There there were there were the things in the oddest places there, and there were a whole bunch of people down in the skating rink of the Dunkin' Donuts Center, which is I think named not only because of the fact that you can't actually get a donut there, no. but it is oh. shaped as a donut.
2: It was horrible. <laughs>
0: We were we were downstairs. You on, on on it th- while
1: you were there, with a freaking donut.
0: Yeah, no. pretty
1: much. Or French fries. They didn't have French fries either. Those bastards. See like they were just in the other direction. There is a glitch in the matrix, and you have to go past two dipping Dots. No, I refuse, <laughs> and not in the good way where you get presents.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, Dippin' Dots is is just wrong at so many levels anyway. What? There's
1: nothing wrong with astronaut ice cream. What's wrong there's, with you? Everything is right with Dippin' Dots. Yeah, who the hell are you to say there's something wrong with
0: Dippin' Dots? It's wrong.
1: What? As the father of two children, he did have to pay the $7 for a scoop that Dippin' Dots No, 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 now ask him if he ever did. Did you ever buy Dippin' Dots, don't
0: uh, I actually refused over
1: and over again. Why are you a terrible father? <laughs> terrible this is father. what I ask myself over and over again. Your daughter doesn't know the words to Van Morrison's brown-eyed girl and never had Dippin' Dots. That's true.
0: I, it was, I don't. It's a sheltered life. Like, these are things
1: that I need to fix now that we're married. No, no. no I, I have had Dippin' Dots. They're delicious. I bought them for my own damn self. Yeah, they're like the
0: best. But actually, you were forced to because I'm not paying for them. That was that. In any case.
1: It's one of those not under my roof things where then I move out. You're mm-hmm. paying for the experience dome, and it's an important one. It is, just like astronauts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Downstairs in the Dunkin' Donuts Center, there was on the ice rink floor all kinds of vendors and photo opportunities mashing into each other. And <laughs> Let's
1: take a moment and ponder how good of an idea that was.
0: Well,
1: she says with the one,
0: the some one good sort of tone that actually happened was as we were exploring that that inner sanctum of ice covered in plywood, uh, we came across fear and his work, which is difficult to explain, but we're going to try. It's right not now. that difficult. You are a. A a primitive artist, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sort of, sort of. You're you're doing art in using primitive tools and primitive uh, media. How's that?
2: Yes, that that kind of works. Okay, Uh, yeah. Keep going. Uh, no, no, it's yours. <laughs> uh, well, I, it's a combination. I uh, I use uh, uh, some primitive tools and some modern. Uh, like, because most of the. St- do you want me to start from the beginning? Like, uh, what yeah, 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 yeah.
0: All it's
2: right, a so very
1: good place to start.
2: It is. Oh, it's, thank it's you, Julian <laughs> oh, It was a dark, stormy night. Um, well, the stuff that I do, the art that I do, mostly these days um, is pyrography. Mainly, that would be the main, like, me, uh, I don't know, medium. Okay. okay, let's so, define what that is then Pop burning up. stuff. Burning stuff. I'm a closet okay. pyromaniac. So, well, you know, wood burning Not so much closet anymore. <laughs> You've heard of wood burning, so people know it as wood burning. Pyrography or pyrography, or I don't know, I've heard people say it different ways, It's just, uh, you know, drawing or making art with heat. So. Okay. I that's the modern part because, uh, you know, I use a, a kind of a pen that heats up to probably 5000 degrees. I don't know how hot, but uh, I burn on natural materials, um, mainly traditional brain tanned buckskin. And that's that's a primitive type of leather. Um, and then I, if I paint it, I paint with natural pigments and use primitive tools. So that's kind of the, the, the 30 seconds about what I do how did you how did you get to the point of
1: wait aren't we doing the interview after the news?
0: We could do the interview after we could
1: I'm still computer. that was a teaser How about, about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're going to talk about pyrography and, and the cool stuff that uh, some, some of the amazing artwork that was there but first, the news. See, I get confused easily. Yes, there? my reaction
1: time is superb. We all agree. Moving on.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: Guys, do you think this looks done?
0: I can't see it from here. Is so it golden?
1: At... Not entirely. Is it Bernie looking? <laughs> <laughs> Not
0: yet. Then it, you, you should I'm probably stop before between... it gets Bernie looking.
1: Between no and burnt. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't know. It's up to you, baby. Hard I'm going to say. go with it in a couple more minutes in the oven. Continue.
0: Uh, well, uh, since nobody else really had much of anything this week, I've got like... I
1: have a really good one. Don't even start, Dome.
0: Okay. Then we'll start with your really, really good one.
1: Okay. It's awesome.
0: It's interesting as hell, I'd grant you that.
1: It's really cool. So, first of all, you have to understand that researchers at Tufts have built possibly the cutest robot in the world. He's got a little round ping pong ball head, and he's got a little teeny voice. And he's just so cute. Oh my god, I'm caring less and less the more you talk about this. It's a cute robot. Oh my god, no one cares. Moving on. It reminds me of a dancing robot I I had as a child. True story. Wow. So, they taught the robot to respond to voice commands, and then they taught the robot to defy voice commands if they are not possible or if they are unsafe. Well,
0: that's the... That's essentially Asimov's three laws of Robotics. No, no, it's
1: not. No. Number one, number two, you don't teach a robot something; you program a robot something. They are not a child; they are a computer. They programmed the robot to say no if something is unsafe. So if you put it at the edge of a table and say "walk forward," it'll say, "I can't do that. It is unsafe," and it's adorable. Um, certainly sounds like it. No, it's freaking cute. I and- believe you. <laughs> and here's the thing. If you modify your instructions, it'll do it if you've modified them to become safe. So in the video, ready, spoiler, the guy says, okay, walk forward and I'll catch you. And the robot does it. And of course, what is the first thing that comes to my mind?
0: Don't catch
1: him. Well why does the robot trust him? Is there AI in the robot? Because the robot is programmed with really stupid logic. Yeah, like could he be lying? You know. Does wow. the robot learn about lying? The robot's the robot doesn't learn, the robot is programmed. I just said if it had AI you weren't listening to me. AI is not a real thing. Really? Really? There really?
2: a lot of people who will disagree with you. Not There's an awful lot of people that disagree True
1: with- intelligence has not well, been talk- achieved.
0: Well, talk to the people at IBM.
1: Yeah. Their computer is dumb. It God learned he- to play Jeopardy and how to swear. Did not learn how to swear successfully. Oh, it did. They ha- no, they had to take it out. <laughs> if they had to take it out, then it's not successful. They had to take it out because they asked the question and he said that's bullshit in front of a visiting <laughs> delegation from somewhere.
0: And uh, it
1: probably was bullshit. Probably was,
0: that's the best part, yeah.
1: Yeah. They just had to, like, program in, here's who you can say swears in front of and who you can't. Right, which is why it's a computer and not a child. But that's
0: not true, because when a child learns how to swear, it swears in front of everybody until it's taught when it's appropriate and when it's not. There's
1: Great, so just open up your child's
0: head and program them
1: not to do that.
0: There's, there's very little difference between teaching a child when and when not to swear and doing the correct programming to do so.
1: Yes, there's an entire world of difference, because your child chooses whether or not to obey you. Anyway, there's a video of a robot that Yeah, drives. great There's a video of a robot And it You know what, fine, I'm not talking to you anymore
2: But <laughs> so My computer has chosen many times not to obey me uh, Yeah <laughs>
1: That's, that's, that's uh, an uh, that, that sounds like a user error <laughs>
2: I, I, I'm not a computer expert I'm just saying I ask it to do things, it says no
1: Maybe oh, they were dangerous.
2: We're what other news do we have? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like how the guest is taking over Java's job.
0: <laughs> yeah, where is he anyway? I don't know. You should you should probably like throw something He's at. He's
1: playing Fallout last I heard. Probably yeah. He's gotten
0: it... Fallout so You know, if he... we look at his channel, we might be able to still find him playing Fallout. You, you know what?
1: He hasn't gotten past making his face yet, I bet. <laughs> because, because he hasn't perfected it.
0: it he, is, he is mildly perfectionist, yeah.
2: It is important to look good in a first person shooter when you never get to see <laughs> it. And there
0: were
1: just so many options.
0: And I think that's what killed it the fact that he just couldn't decide how he wanted to look. In Kickstarter news this week bring back Mystery Science Theater with 16 days left to go is past its $2 million goal and wow. incredibly close to its $3 million goal, which is going to bring six episodes, six new episodes, to uh, to us, which is just... One
1: with Kriana's favorite person to complain about, who's not worth complaining about.
0: Uh, would that be a... <laughs> which one? That was so nonspecific. <laughs> Well, it's not J.J. Abrams, so I think we're good there. Okay.
1: J.J. No, Abrams is worth complaining about because he's actually that bad. You, Mystery you...
2: Science Theater with lens flares. <laughs> <laughs> with,
1: with lens flares, and then they're going to change the whole timeline. It's not actually on a space station anymore. I don't, I didn't like Mystery Science Theater that much, so I decided Even? to change the whole thing. Now, that's a- just, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Say it's J.J. J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Involved with Mr. Yeah. Theater, he's such a dick. I
0: hate. But that now guy. that they've now that they've cast Felicia Day,
1: oh what kill me now! <laughs> I fucking hate her.
0: And Jonah Ray. <laughs> oh
1: is. kill me!
0: So I mean, this 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 is going to be a great series of runs. Absolutely. Can great. I just say
1: one last time for the record? I'm if a nose. If I say no, is
0: it going to make a difference? I,
1: I'm a nose person, and her nose just kills me. You promised that was really the last time? Well, it, it's, it's the last time I'll say it on the show, and I will say this. Felicia Day, can I please pay for you to get a nose job? Like, please Rude. let me do this. Yeah, but Rude. true. Sad but true. Well,
0: I mispronounce a name, and I get all this garbage. You're offering to pay for a nose job. It's for just,
1: ass- it's really bad. It's bad. It's distracting. I can't even look at her face. Not to say that men can't have noses that are just as bad. They do. Kevin Sorbo. (laughs) (sighs) Just saying. How can you look at that man's face and take him seriously? You can't. I haven't
0: looked at his face in years, and that's not the point.
1: (laughs) What else were you looking looking at?
0: at? (laughs) So Jonah Ray and Felicia Day and I think they're looking for more rhyming people to cast into the show Uh, they've also announced the new voices of T Robot and Tom Servo and they're actually moving well into getting their 5.5 million to do an entire 12 episodes
1: you know what bugs me about this though is the world really does not need another reboot
0: but this you know what there are re- reboots that work and that I actually look forward to and there are the other 98% of them. Right, have. but
1: the reboots that you look forward to are different than the ones anyone else looks forward to.
0: No, I... Or different than just the just ones just that like our good guests
1: will look forward to. And it's like... I
0: agree with you.
1: Maybe we should just write well, some new stuff.
0: 25,230 backers who might disagree with you
2: as well. I'm and there's sure there's so they much they new material for it.
1: Because Mystery Science Theater 3000 is different because it's not a continuous Yeah, JJ Abrams provided us <laughs> with that.
2: And I can pretty much do any Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, they could do every
1: except Cage for American episode. Treasure. Malcolm Reynolds, you get off of that.
0: I think it's National control. Treasure.
1: National Treasure is a national treasure. Oh, good lord. We do not fight about this. That is just a fact. Oh my god, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Actually important movie news. Zombrarian, you want to tell them, or should I? <gasps> this is actually really important. Like, Z-Lander really important. Z-Lander 2 is coming. <laughs> it's the sequel we've all been waiting for. Wait, wait, wait. And I'm... it's even, it's even show-related, because Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. <laughs> I thought, that was,
0: I thought that was a joke. He's actually, he is
1: I'm, actually so in it. In the I'm so excited I might Just die. I'm so excited I might die. killed no. in it.
0: I've actually avoided the trailer as much as humans. Oh,
1: thought. no, don't avoid it. Like, I was, I was anxious. I will admit I was anxious about watching the trailer. And then I did. And all of the joy that I feel while watching Zoolander just wash over me again like a but flood but with completely new things to laugh at she was very happy I might have actually called Kriyana from my office and said you need to watch this now and unlike the robot story it was totally worth it
2: <laughs> I love
1: you honey you know what you can finish all the baking for Thanksgiving on your own that's face. cool cause you just finished most of it already, so. So, what do you want,
0: you want to talk about Marvel's Jessica Jones? Do you really?
1: Have you seen it? I,
0: I've started it. I haven't finished it. We
1: haven't finished it either, but we started it and we really like it so far. There's something about an evil rapey David Tennant.
0: You know, I, I don't care what Tennant does. I just kind of like him. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's that's my point. Is even when he's evil and rapey, you're like, yeah, it's okay. It's
0: what is good. it about him that just. You, whatever character he does. It's his Scottishness. Kinda, you, I think that's part of it, to be Scottish honest. Scottish
1: people are particularly attractive, I find, <laughs> in general. In general? Hi, sweetie. <laughs> Who is Scottish? Mm-hmm. Ish. Ish. She, she, she's baking. She can't hear anything. She's yelling at me from the other room, though. <laughs> she, she says, no, I heard it, and thank you, but... Thank you, but. But, but, ow. I think the cat bit her. Anyway. Didn't the
0: cat bit her or she burned her hand again? Yeah,
1: later. one or the other. It's okay. We have burn cream for the, either of those situations. Don't <laughs> try... Oh, no, now both of you are right. Can I, can you come get the cat? Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be pissed if I come out there. Yeah, I know, but he's upset because I yelled. So anyway, Jessica Jones is, is actually, she's yelling doing? at the cat as I'm talking.
0: Right, I can hear it.
1: <laughs> um, so Jessica Jones is actually really, really good, I think. It's another example of Marvel taking a character and not making a big deal of, oh, this person has these things going on. It's just, here's an awesome character. And it's not, she's awesome because she's a woman. And it's not, she's awesome because she's... No, well, no one would say she's awesome because she's an alcoholic, but
0: you get my... <laughs> tr- um, she's awesome because... She's she not walked. a major character but they've invested the time and effort to make her a full character maintain the writing from the comic books and the quality of the writing into this limited run series that's well shot, well produced. Oh, it's active.
1: beautiful. Like and I thought so much better than Daredevil. Oh,
0: oh yeah. my god. Yes.
1: Mean, Daredevil I'm- was the biggest steaming pile of crap. I was Why? really looking- Forward to Daredevil and was really disappointed. And this is the opposite. I was apprehensive, and I'm so happy with it.
2: I wanted to stay quiet over here about Daredevil. <laughs> you like it? We their- obviously disagree. I love
1: it. Well, you don't a- have to <laughs> like it. Like, it wasn't for me. I didn't find it engaging. At all. I mean, it was like, violence, and then let's have sex, and then let's punch people, and then have more sex, and. Not that I'm against sex and or violence, just didn't find it that entertaining. I will say that anything that gives Fulton Reed another chance to be in anything is cool with me.
0: But, yeah. The one thing that I was frightened of when I first started watching it was the opening montage. Because oh
1: yeah, the kind of kind of Bond-girly thing going bond on. Bond-girly,
0: creepy, way too dark. And I'm thinking, please don't make this be way too dark the way the opening and first three or four episodes of Daredevil was, where everything was just cloaked in this, I've got to be dark because dark is what I have to be. Um, But it moved out of that and, and got its own feet really, really quickly. And she's terrific.
1: She's way more interesting than like Spider Man or like any of those other people as a character, too. Well, and let's talk about how versatile is that actress. I know, she's great. <laughs> Although I do miss James Vanderbeek. Yeah, I was gonna say she's playing this character and she was on Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three. And she was on something else. In which she was this completely two dimensional character who she managed to play as like a lovable sitcom character, but
0: but not much else Sweet because that's a complete
1: 180 in right. terms of complexity and acting chops and character, and she just did it flawlessly.
0: When you're given a good script and a good story, you you can actually shine. And, and well, know, I mean, I enjoyed *Don't Trust in
1: *Department 23*, but for completely At different Yeah, you just love James Vanderbeek.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I love you anyway. Anyway. Anyway, It's a really good show. We're really enjoying it. David Tennant is on it, which I didn't realize before I turned it on, and then I was really happy. I miss him. because
0: it's on Netflix. You know, you can take, like, a day with a couple of good bottles of wine. You
1: can binge the shit out of that.
0: Put the hell out of it in one day, and it's... I did, like, four... uh, I mean,
1: we have have two kinds of pie, uh, peach crisp, and we're going to have rolls, so... Tomorrow we have the day off You
0: do, actually We do
1: We don't have to go anywhere or do anything necessarily
0: <laughs> but We I'll also
1: could have, make an okay. agreement right now with Joel That there won't be football tomorrow yeah, There will be Jessica
0: that. Jones There could be Jessica Jones tomorrow Yes I could make that happen
1: I just have to convince you guys to watch the dog show Oh, God, that will never happen.
2: (laughs) Oh, Lord.
0: Anyway. At the same time that uh, dropped on Netflix, Captain America's Civil War first trailer opened essentially at the same time, showing the vast dichotomy between the movie universe for Marvel and the Netflix universe for Marvel, which, quite frankly, right now, I'm liking the Netflix version better.
1: Have you noticed though that they're tying like little nods to the movie universe into Jessica Jones?
0: They're doing that across the board. They're doing it on on the Netflix, on uh, the broadcast television, and they're they're nodding back and forth into the movies as well. And I, I kind of like that because. You know, to the comic book geeks. Because that's
1: what comic books so do. So it's been that way,
0: right. What?
1: Doing what comic books do?
0: What? I know. Who would have thought that that was the thing? But it, it kind of is. Speaking of which...
1: Wait, I've been too scared to watch the Civil War trailer. How was it? Not good? Eh, no? don't worry about it. Just watch Jessica Jones.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll watch Jessica Jones. But we can watch that if you want tomorrow, too. It's not bad, but... It's it's the difference between going to the Golden Corral for a grazing dinner and going to a five star hotel. Let's go
1: to Hongs Giving. <laughs> <Wong'sgiving? laughs> that's not the Golden Corral. I No <laughs> That's what I thought of.
0: I know. It's okay. A
1: totally different bear.
0: But we've really done that <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> So, I mean, it's good for what it is, and if you're looking for the new Cap trailer, and you're looking forward to it, you're going to enjoy it. Um,
1: If you've had enough of his bullshit, (laughs) you probably won't.
0: Oh, I kind of like...
1: Oh my gosh, he's the worst character.
0: Oh no, not by a long shot. Oh my god, no, not by a long shot.
1: Okay, except for Hawkeye.
0: Thank you! Let's start there.
1: (laughs) I mean, but... Out of out of the rest of them, Hawkeye doesn't. Ha, Hawkeye doesn't even count as a character.
0: Oh, Hawkeye is just
1: sort of like a dummy.
0: He counts as a character because he's actually there. Barely. And his superpower is I got mm. an arrow. I got an I
1: arrow. He doesn't have one. He's just kind of stupid.
0: No, he's got an arrow. That's all. And he's fine with that. Like, happening. like
1: even Oliver Queen is less dumb than he is. Oh, let's
0: not even play. Well, like,
1: it's true. <laughs> Oliver Queen is more interesting than Hawkeye. Sad but true.
0: The thing that bothered me about don't the
1: even last... know Barry. <laughs> I thought this was the fun city. Why? We're punchy tonight. They You're had that
0: family. Hawkeye had this family, and. It, it didn't mean anything because they were there and then they weren't anymore.
1: I've already. Oh, did I kill them? Cuz cool. Uh,
0: I we like don't, murder, oh, but I think not.
1: I'm all for murder. I'm just saying. Yeah,
0: I, I've Welcome that. to our murder bar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we really have. So, one.
0: If, if you want to learn about how the Marvel Universe began, and you're too tired. Bored? To act- up the comic books and read there are a whole series of marvel 101 a a web series on youtube put out by marvel that kind of walks you through all these different universes
1: (laughs) because you're the type of person who's just too lazy for books you're even too lazy for comic books
0: there are those out there. I know just...
1: it just hurts me. Let's and not encourage And then X Men got retconned again. What? Sorry. Again <laughs> for the eighteenth time. Like the number of time? times they've just restarted X Men. It the was comics. funny though. I I it's did look hilarious. up on the Wikipedia's. I looked up Jessica Jones, and she's quite tied to the X Men in general.
0: Actually, Actually
1: she, she is. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She was supposed like that whole. Well, oh, no, I don't want to spoil anything. Never mind
0: you know what? We can talk about Jessica Jones more like next week when, when most people who have wanted to see it have, have seen most of it, and, and we can then play. Uh, I'm not going to be a spoiler if you haven't watched it. Let's go play
1: away. spoiler bingo.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and maybe the last thing that I want to talk about uh, is not what you think it is. Uh, we, we there are two items left in in the page. Which one do you think it is I want to talk about?
1: I'm not even looking at it, so go ahead, Zombury, and You look. Is she looking? I can't tell. I can't tell either. I'm too lazy. I highlighted it. Uh-huh.
0: Too... And you'd be wrong!
1: Oh!
0: <laughs> um, Honest Trailers, which is about one of the oh funniest God. things in the Netflix.
1: Uh, I, yeah, except for being can, gigantic douches, but whatever. And and
0: that's the fact. Uh, just did their Honest Trailer for the Fantastic Four movie. Perhaps... Just now?
1: I feel like yeah. that was
0: a while ago. No, it just came out. Actually. Really? Yeah. Huh.
1: Must have been in my head.
0: <laughs> it was in everybody's head as they watched the film. They were just going, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: sure. I mean, is it really even necessary for that one?
0: It... it You know, and that was kind of my thought. Is this necessary? And then I watched it and went, yeah, they're saying everything everybody thought when we watched it, including having reviewers going, this is another foolish attempt at a reboot. And, you know, it's it's worth watching just to have every opinion that you've had about the Fantastic Four movie validated because we were right. Sony was wrong yet again. And on that note, let's move to our guest. Hey. Hey, Kafir, how are you? Um, (laughs)
1: I thought we had a sound effect for that now.
0: Kriana?
2: I'm pretty sure that's not the sound effect. Yeah, that sounds like something else that. uh,
1: (laughs) Well, sorry, I'm laughing badly.
0: Oh, thank God that's what it was. Okay.
1: You should uh, see me right now and the
2: face I'm making.
1: <laughs> Uncomfortable yep.
0: yet? It's yeah. <laughs>
1: Good. I thought I'd just take us all there for a moment, so we could okay. move on to don't the interview portion. To the creepy kids—that's the best. Part. He he kind of freezes like a deer he in does. headlights. Like, <gasps> oh shit, they're back! <laughs> I don't move. They won't. See me.
0: It's like an episode of The Walking Dead come to life. Thank you so much.
1: What? There are no children on The Walking Dead. I've been complaining about this forever. I know. I, I have not There kind the of were. In, there were in the first episode. Baby. Zombie. I wanted it. I haven't gotten it yet. I'm well, kidding. that's not true. Well, there was on Z episode. Nation. Yeah, I know I got one on Z Nation, but I want one on Walking Dead. Completely underrated 100%. show, Z Nation. Truth. Anyway, guest. Guest, we yes. have one. He does things with fire, <laughs> I hear. So,
0: Confira, fire and we, we Generally touched on the concept of hierography. Right. Hierography. Yeah, I did that right, or close. I think anyway. so. um, And we were actually just going to go right into the interview at, at 8 o'clock and decided, hey, you know what, let's do what we were We planning. took a
1: left turn, and now we're back on track.
0: And now we're back on track. And, and I was about to ask you then, and I'm going to ask you now, how you started in art and then kind of transferred and, and morphed into doing pyrography.
2: Uh, Well, uh, it all kind of happened at the same time. I was always creative, but um, my background is not in art. It's actually in primitive skills and and the materials themselves that I work with. Um, Define
1: primitive skills for me. Stone Mm -hmm. age stuff? Like?
2: Like, you know, like making fire by rubbing two sticks together and... um, I thought that was a myth.
1: Can I actually Uh, do that?
2: just taking two sticks and rubbing them together won't really work but uh there are there are, there are ways to make it work it takes a little bit more finesse and, and knowing what you're doing but yes it does work why did
0: why were you ever interested in that well what about it uh caught you
2: primitive skills in general uh yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know if i could even uh tell you really i always loved uh being outside in nature when i was a kid you know like i was an indian there was always uh, the indian so, <laughs> I was always the one being slaughtered, I guess. But,
1: uh, <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everyone! Exactly. It's appropriate.
2: Uh, but, uh, you know, I once took uh, a class at a place that taught various primitive skills and survival skills, what people would call it, and uh, it just stuck with me. It was a, a uh, The bug hit me, and I just kept on doing it. And long story short, I uh, accidentally started tanning hides for a living, making... Brain tan buckskin, uh, which is probably the original leather. Um,
0: okay, let's stop for a minute and
2: define what that is. Okay, brain get t- into
1: the grossness. The grossness. We well, it's know. called
2: brain tanned buckskin. So it right. tells you one thing. It okay. is. It is a, a an ancient form of making of taking taking skins and turning them into usable, soft material. Right. Uh, if you want 60 seconds on how it's made, I can do that. Um, sure. All right. So, when you, when, you, oh. when you take a skin off an animal, um, because that's what you do, right? Uh, when,
1: when you flay an animal, yes, continue.
2: Exactly. And then you want to wear that skin. If you put that skin in, you know, just let's say you cut a hole in the middle, put it over your head, and then what happens to it? It's kind of weird. I love
1: there. this explanation so far.
2: <laughs> <Right. I've> done-
1: <laughs> it sounds like exactly what I would do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. So what happens
2: to skin when it just kind of sits there right after you took it off something?
0: It's going to shrink and harden.
2: Exactly. It turns into rawhide, what we know as rawhide. And that's not very comfortable to wear. Right. If, you, if you're trying to wear armor, maybe. But if you're trying to have a nice shirt that's uh, soft and flexible, it's not really pleasant. So humans had to figure out how to get skin to be um, dry... And soft at the same time. And so, now, why does skin, dry, why does it harden when it dries?
1: Because the you're water leaves, leaves it?
2: <laughs> well. Less, it, less water,
1: the, it dries, I don't know.
2: Well, uh, the, You the, tell the, me you're the, the expert. Well, I'm trying to you know, engage my audience, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so to, to make it very, to simplify it a lot, uh, skin has something in it. What's another product that's made of skin? skin. No, I'm,
0: I'm not sure where you're going here, but... Uh, uh, you know
2: the...
1: Vellum? Paper? Yeah, yeah, vellum is what I was thinking.
2: If um. you've ever looked closely at uh, an Elmer's glue bottle, they don't make it out of skins anymore. Are you talking what's about
1: the... elastin? What's the, the,
2: what's the logo of Elmer's? It's a cow. It's a cow. It's a cow. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, glue is made out of out of skin as well these days it's not it's made mostly out of bones and things like that but anyhow so that glue which hide glue is one of the strongest glues in the world uh that glue is water soluble so when it's wet when the skin is wet it's flexible that's why your skin on your body is is all flexible and i'm really oversimplifying it i'm sure there are people out there shaking their head and face palming themselves and saying oh god but That's okay, this
1: is, this, is like a, yeah. this is like a ten minute tanning lesson. So, so.
2: when you, when the skin dries, the glue bonds fibers together and they get stuck together and it becomes hard. So we had to figure out how to prevent that from happening. And the way to make that happen is to, once you've, you've taken the skin off an animal, you've scraped away whatever layers you don't want. Which is usually the meat and the fat from the inside of the skin. Because wearing a shirt with jerky on it attracts bears.
1: Although, um, good source of snack.
2: That's Just saying,
1: built-in snack.
2: That for is- you and for
0: any other wild animals that want to have it as well.
1: True, but that's right, why you carry an
0: axe. Jeez,
1: dumb.
2: And then sometimes <laughs> you scrape the fur off. Usually you do when it comes to brain tan buckskin. You, you generally scrape the fur off as well. And the grain layer. That's, if you've heard the term full grain leather. Uh, mm-hmm. Full grain leather, basically leather where uh, the grain layer, the outside layer of the skin, was not scraped off. So, in buckskin or uh, chamois, people uh, sometimes refer to it, to, it's got the suede side, that's because the grain was, um, well, sorry, people say that the suede side and then there's the smooth side. The smooth side is the grain, the suede side is the uh, flesh side of the hide, the inside of the skin. But when you scrape the grain layer off, you get kind of that fuzzy uh, side to it that's not shiny, right? Okay. And then you have to find a way to lubricate those fibers. And traditionally, when you uh, when you killed an animal, if you when, when I'm saying traditionally, I'm talking a few hundred years ago, right? If you killed an animal, you have its brain as well, and brains are just full of oils and fats and all kinds of things that do this. So you, and personally, I think that brains are not very appetizing. Although I'm sure there are a lot of people who would disagree. And so you use the brains, you soak the the hide in the brains and you get those oils to coat fibers microscopically, coating the fibers of the skin. And then you move those fibers, you keep them moving. The oil is kind of letting those fibers glide against each other while you move them. And if you keep those fibers moving by stretching the skin this way and that, while it's drying, as the water leaves it, you're not giving the glue a chance to actually bond those fibers together. And that's how you end up with a soft skin then the last step is smoking it um not not rolling it up into a joint and smoking it but putting it in a smoker or in the smoke of a a fire etc um you don't want to burn it but just in the smoke itself and the smoke to speed things up just creates a process where basically the end result is that that skin can now get wet if it's been smoked it can get wet you know you'd wear your shirt out in the rain and then it'll It'll, you'll hang it up to dry, and you don't have to do that process of, of moving it and stretching it all over the place for hours until it dries. It could dry on its own, air dry, and it'll be just fine. When, it, when, it, when it's completely dry, it'll be kind of stiff like uh, clothes you hang on a line outside, and then you give them a couple of shakes, and they're back to being soft. That's what, what will happen. So that's brain tan buckskin for you, and it's, it's really, really old. It's probably so the original product. That-
1: How's, sorry, how is that different from other types of tanning? Is it just...
2: Well, modern tanning, uh, the chrome tanning is incredibly toxic. The, the chromium salts and whatever that they use in those processes are you know, incredibly toxic and bad for everything. Um, the skins themselves, the end result of modern chrome tanning is they're not as durable as brain tan buckskin. Uh, it's really one of the best materials on earth, as far as its clothing and and equipment, you know, bags and things like that. It's extremely durable. It's washable. I can actually throw it in the wash many many times and what? It's just fine. Yep,
1: that's awesome. Uh, now I want cool. some. Damn
2: it. It's breathable. It's warm in the winter, relatively cool in the summer. It's a great material. The only problem with it is that uh, it's uh, it's hard to make. Everybody used to make it. Why the, I hear that that's why the American dollar is nicknamed buck, because buckskin was such a common trade commodity. Everybody made it, everybody knew how to make it, and everybody traded in it. And, uh, but it, you can't really have machines do it. It's, it doesn't lend itself to, to mechanizing the process. So when, when jeans became available, they're not necessarily tougher, they're just easier to make and you know, mass-produce and cheaper that way. So and at this
1: point, do they need to be tougher?
2: Oh, I guess not, because you could just go and pick up another pair. <laughs> let's, let me put it this way. I met a gentleman who tanned uh, you know, some buckskin, and he had a pair of pants that he made that were 40 years old.:
1: I totally believe that, and I'm sure if you were to try to buy a pair of pants like that, they would cost at least 500 dollars, I'm assuming, at the very Pro- least.:
2: Yeah, probably. Uh, maybe more. It depends on materials. You're talking, probably two or three hundred dollars adjusted material.
0: What I find fascinating at this point is, A, that this was your vocation.
2: Yes, I used to do this for a living.
0: and Never you claimed took, to be small. <laughs> and you took this vocation and took a really, really interesting left turn with it mm-hmm. in terms of using that brain tan leather as a base for artwork, right, and it, it's difficult to comprehend to for our listener to comprehend. Our listener,
1: really you're so ambitious today.
2: I <laughs> know. <And>, uh, <laughs> well, I know for a well, fact you have like three or four listeners that are. All
1: great. right.
0: At this point, if we're, only if we're lucky, however, no. But to have the listener really be able to understand how incredibly different and uh, and amazing this artwork actually is. Where did this left turn come from?
2: Well, uh, it, it was a bit of a, a process, but it only happened in like two or three jumps. Uh, I used to teach a class called um, uh, Using the Whole Animal, where we'd start with a, with a live animal, usually a goat, and then when it was a magic act, we would make it disappear over the next three or four days. And as part of that class, to not go into a lot of gruesome details, uh, you know, when students would ask, well, how do we use this part and how do we use that part? Uh, some Somebody asked, how do we, what do we do with the eyeballs? And so, technically, you could eat anything, but that doesn't look appetizing to me. And I remembered hearing or reading somewhere, I really don't know where, years ago, that you could use eyeballs or the fluid inside eyeballs as a base for paint. So, that was the first time where I tried it. I mixed some, uh, some of that goat eyeball juice with some pigment with basically ground up charcoal and some Uh, ground up stone for some red pigment and we made little cave paintings on some skin that that we tanned and so that kind of sat in the back of my mind for a few years and then the first hobbit movie came out (laughs) exactly so i know it makes a lot of sense right so i'm a big uh, i'm a big lord of the rings fan I, i really don't like the Hobbit movies, but I didn't know that when they were just coming out. And Really
1: disappointing, were... am I right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's not get into that. Let's and not. So...
1: Let's, let's not.
2: <laughs> and so I, it just, I was struck with the inspiration that I want to make a quote-unquote primitive map of Middle-earth. I had a skin, I had a bunch of uh, pigments, and all I needed was some eyeballs because I decided that what I'm going to do is I'm going to burn the map first Onto the skin, which is not really primitive. Um, but it, with it, eyeballs? It, I mean you one, use the
1: brains for the thing, so I was like
2: you, create. I create no I wasn't gonna, I'm gonna burn it in with the wood burning tool. Okay. And that's gonna you know, it's like drawing it on there. I don't know why I decided to burn it. I've already I was already at the time doing a little bit of wood burning, so maybe that's why. And um And then I decide I'm going to paint it, and if I'm going to paint it and make it primitive, I might as well use a piece of bone to paint it with, right, instead of a brush, because I'm stubborn that way. And if I'm going to use powdered pigments, I might as well, you know, use eyeballs. So, I, uh, it was luckily for me, you know, eyeballs is not something you can actually go to the store and get, unfortunately. So, (laughs) you, you know. Uh, walk into Shaws and go, I'll take a pound of eyeballs. I guess it
1: depends what store you go to. All
2: right. And people <laughs> frown upon you chasing their cats and taking their eyeballs. You can so, have yeah. my
1: cat's eyeballs.
0: I, <laughs>
2: sure. Hit me up after the show. Uh, so I, uh, it was hunting season, so that was lucky. And I made some calls, and it was actually very late in hunting season. So I ended up having to drive two hours each way to the nearest butcher, the process game, during hunting season, he still had a bucket full of deer heads. So uh, <laughs> that sounds yeah. really awesome. Actually, you, wanna, actually. you hear something really funny? It was actually a first date as well with a girl. We, uh, <laughs> she was totally into it too, and we went. Uh, we drove to that place and we cut up a bunch of eyeballs out of deer heads. It was great.
0: That's my new fantasy football team's name: Bucketful of Deer Heads. <laughs> <laughs> so- I- I'm seeing
1: someone in our chat saying that they've given you eyeballs. I'm. <laughs> um, I i do not know what to say about that. <laughs>
2: yeah, they. Uh, I'm not sure who that is, but uh, I probably know them. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I think <laughs> you're the only one who can say that. Like, we get this random person be like, "Yeah, I gave you eyeballs." Yeah, I probably know them.
2: <laughs> okay. So, uh, thank you for the eyeball, whoever Vavara is, because yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know anyone by that name. Uh anyhow. So I made the map, and when I finished the map, it took me a couple of weeks, uh, many, many hours of work, and when I finished that map, I was, like, I was blown away. I was like, holy crap, I just made this? This is awesome. And uh, I thought, well, what am I going to do with it now? So, you know, I kind of like to eat, and two weeks of, of working on that kind of meant I needed some money. So, <laughs> hey, it's Becky. All right, now we know who gave me eyeballs. And so... <laughs> I love I this
1: conversation. You. I love it. Anyway, I love every part of it.
2: So I started posting that map on various uh, uh, Lord of the Rings fan sites, hoping that someone will say, hey, I want to buy it. And that didn't happen. But what did happen is that one of those sites, the OneRing.net, um, I happened to notice that they were throwing together a Tolkien art show right before the Oscars that year. So the Hobbit movie comes out, I think, in December, and then this was like January and they were throwing the, the, the art show in LA in February. So I contacted them and I said, hey, I'm an amateur, I've never been to an art show, and they were gonna have some big names in Tolkien art in that art show. I said, I'm an amateur, but I just finished this map, and I was wondering if you'd be interested. And they were definitely interested in having it, and then I had to choose whether I'm gonna fly out there or uh, with the map, or send it in. And considering how much I've had to explain so far, just sending it in would not have worked. right? Somebody I mean, you look. go
1: there. You go with right. it. Yeah.
2: Right. I had to go with it. and be, Otherwise, I'd have to write a book about what it is that people are looking at and it nobody reads anyway. So I decided to go with it. But going with it meant that uh, I'd have to make a whole bunch more, more things because I was a poor, not even artist at the time. And so I didn't have much money to just you know hop on a plane and, and do it. So and everybody was telling me, you're going to have to charge $2,000 for this map. I said, "Well, okay, but nobody's going to buy it for that much. So I better have some other thing." So that that actually was the impetus that got me making more of that art. I started. I made a couple of portraits, and I made a few uh, bone weapons that were based on Lord of the Rings and all kinds of elven knives and things like that. And I went out there to the show, and bottom line is, I sold only the map. For wow, right, and that. I know I left there kind of thinking, well, huh, maybe I can do this. So, you know, a couple, of, just a couple of years later, and now I'm doing it, trying to do it full time. Still not, you know, I'm still a poor artist, but uh, hey, got to do you, something. But you've, you've taken this
0: concept, which, by the way, is, is I, I walked past the booth and I was just stunned by the beauty of it. How, like,
1: I feel like I must have missed it. Like how though? How would that have happened? It was
0: it was cramped. You were unfortunately in a very bad spot down in the in the bowels of the ice arena.
1: But we went through the whole thing. So wait, where was it?
2: It was. Uh, one of the- did you see the the HP Lovecraft PI or Lovecraft PI booth? The guys that were that had the comic book. No. Um,
1: I think I saw something Lovecraft, but I wasn't...
2: There was the guy who was selling posters, and then between him and me were three or four comic book vendors that just had the big long boxes. And then there was me, and right across from me was the couple of gentlemen, Dave and Dave. Dave
1: were,
2: and Dave. <laughs> yeah, they were promoting their uh, Lovecraft PI comic book, which is actually pretty neat. Huh. That sounds
1: fascinating, actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, you you get see like, it's funny there should be some sort of documentary about table neighbors at conventions because you meet the darndest people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so fun. Okay, before we get too far down this tangent, though, I have a question. I knew I had multiple questions, but I couldn't remember my second one until just now. And it's about the bone weapons. Okay. Um, so I know that obviously... They're not as durable as, say, like a steel weapon. Right. But is it possible to make them functional? Not that well, no. I would with yours because they're gorgeous. But why like, wouldn't they be functional?
2: If well, they're some... always they are functional in the sense that yes, bone bone things, bone stabby things were always used to stab things. Uh, right. It's you know the bone gets sharper than uh, than you know wood example. So, you, see, you know, bone knives are a and most a types of rock, tradition.
1: depending on where you are.
2: And, yeah, rock is just a different material, and it's a lot uh, stronger than bone, depending on the rock. Some of it is, is more brittle. But, uh, yeah, bone can get sharp. Uh, it doesn't work as well for slicing things, uh, because of just the structure of the bone fibers. But uh, it works better at Poking things, and piercing things. So you can make really like bone arrowheads and and daggers, been really popular throughout his, history. Uh, the ones really I make are obviously kind of pointless. I well, pun <laughs> intended. But uh, they, yeah, I could stab something with them, sure, uh, and I've done that. But uh, uh, you know, when I made bone swords, they are they're kind of an anachronism because you, you what's the what's the point? If I swing it at somebody, it's just gonna break. so it's just art, really.
1: Well, and that was my question because some of um, the pieces on your website do look like they have like they're edged
2: they are they, are they they will, they will yeah. cut you uh, not as easy as a you know it won't be an instant deep cut like a steel katana, but they will cut if you try and uh, and then it might and then the edge might crumble and be dull again and I'd have to fix it so don't <laughs> do don't, that they're not durable let's put it that way well,
0: one of the things that I see on your on your website especially throughout your portfolio uh, is is a statement that all animal materials are ethically sourced
1: Let, right. let's not jump down that rabbit hole please <laughs> because yeah okay. the, the people who are going to complain about things like that there's nothing that's going to make them happy
0: right and, I mean, So,
1: it's just, it's just it, aside from not using anything from animals ever, so, let, we could, I think, Dome, you and I can agree that that's silly, and yeah. this is awesome.
2: I'm definitely. Well, let's just it. say that I use I, I use, I don't just go out and, and, you know, catch a deer, take its eyeballs out and let it go. <laughs> <You> know, so... <laughs>
1: love this conversation not, really. i love I this just whole take... conversation it's I don't my
2: favorite and just take you know i don't kill anything and take it you know just for its skin so just
1: just
2: my other... cat though you could you I, well, have his just, eyes well, i can eat the cat i will definitely <laughs> you could try no <laughs> he would cut you <laughs> so, oh. so the basic what i'm trying to say is any any animal that i'm using any animal part that i'm using it was you know Somebody ate it, and that's the—that's the least you can ask somebody when they kill something is at least eat it. So I'm not uh, unless it's I'm like not... a
1: spider, because that's just I gross.
2: If you kill, it, <laughs> eat it.
1: Definitely not. Just to just to take us further down the uh, the rabbit hole in a different direction. Do you hunt the deer yourself, or do you? I don't. Have you know, I've source. done anything
2: you can imagine to a deer, except kill one.
1: Another <laughs> thing <laughs> I can imagine. I don't know. Hey, yeah, me up after the show. No, no I'm sorry. Everything that's legal to do to a deer, sorry.
2: Oh, it depends on what I'm a horrible
1: goes. person. But we all in, know this. In yeah. some
2: states a species of consent is, is different. <laughs> um,
0: so how did you move to doing pop culture variations,
2: comic book covers, that kind of stuff? Well, because I'm, I'm a geek. I mean, the map of Middle Earth was the first thing I did. That tells you something. Shocking! Uh, I You're didn't start geek? with a simple drawing. I'm like, I'm going to go with a map of Middle Earth. And, you know, that led to some portraits from, from the Middle Earth movies. I it mean, it could awesome.
0: have been a map of Passaic, New Jersey. It wasn't.
1: Nope.
2: Because who was cares n- Passaic, New Jersey? That
1: was not what? the choice that you made. I'm in
2: New Jersey right now. but <laughs> I'm sorry? I don't care enough about New Jersey about you know, to, to make a map of it. Uh, but I, you know, I love I love everything that's geeky, except, you know, some things. If you don't see it on my art at all, it probably means I'm not a fan. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, b- between Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and various comic books and Batman and, uh, you know, and the historical stuff too, I've done some Da Vinci stuff and some actual cave paintings, which are really cool to do. Um, so anything I'm a fan of, I'll just do. If you pay me to do something, I'm not a fan of. I'll be glad to do it. <laughs> but, but if I'm just making something from, you're for fun, doing it on your own. It's got to be something you like.
1: Have you ever I thought can... about getting into primitive musical instruments?
2: You know, I can't play a, a, an instrument to save my life. I have. I have a hard time playing. the... you know, I just drum. think
1: a bone flute would be really cool.
2: I could make it. That's that would be that would be fun. Some brain is I,
1: cackling I, in the other room. What I the just, hell?
2: I think it was the idea I think of she'd... going into a bone.
1: I, I don't know what's wrong with her.
0: I I think the concept of the bone flute is just pushed her over the edge. Why? The it's a thing. It they use.
1: Like, <laughs> I didn't make that up.
2: <laughs> I
1: mean, cool if I did, but I definitely didn't.
2: Yeah, apparently, I mean, according to Google, National Geographic, bone flute is the oldest instrument. Although yeah, totally. It's not true, but it's the, at least the oldest artifact that we have. So I could I could make them. Oh, Kriana, and
0: Christmas is coming. <laughs>
2: <laughs> at Rhode Island, I didn't really... I had one bone sword, but uh, the rest of it was the buckskin art. And it's really what I enjoy doing the most these days. It's very... It was. Uh, it surprised me the first time I did it and how three-dimensional it gets. And so, uh, although at Rhode Island, you couldn't really see it because the hockey rink lights... They're so bright. So now, so now, every, you say and... you you
1: used <laughs> to make the the brain tan buckskin for a living, but you don't do that anymore. You do this, but do you do you still make all of your own skins? I or... d-
2: I can't. I uh, no. I have back injury that prevents me from doing that. No, so. that's sad. I'm sorry. That's yeah, all right. And uh, so I I have friends who still uh, tan. Some of them are students of mine from when I used to teach it, and uh, a couple of them are not. And I just buy the skins from them. Fair so it's enough. Still good.
0: So you've had some really, really wonderful successes in, in producing these artworks that are, you know, realistically not inexpensive because of the amount of work that goes into them. Right. I mean, you're, you're competing on a floor with people who are doing $20 sketches, uh, which has to be somewhat difficult from that it standpoint. Is.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, this is my first year doing conventions, uh, so I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I've worked at conventions before as a you know staff, but I didn't never had my own booth, so this was a completely new experience, and it's tough because most people that go to a convention, you know, by the time they paid the fifty bucks to get in, and the another fifty or a hundred or more, depending on which convention it is, to get the autograph from their favorite celebrity they've got a bit of change left in their pocket and they're going to use it on something shiny like a, a couple of a couple of prints, you know, $20 for a couple of prints from some artists, and that's fine. But they don't... People generally don't go to conventions looking for original art.
1: Somebody got $300 worth of leather costume pieces. Somebody did. Um, and <laughs> just to point out, um, though... I was maybe in your shop and maybe looking at um, your tile pieces, which are, in my mind, very very reasonably priced for the amount of work that you can tell goes into them.
2: Yeah, those are little things because I, I I had to do something, right? So <laughs> plus, it's uh, what do you do with all the little pieces that I, that you have left once you cut up a, a skin? So yeah, there's a there's a range of stuff, but generally my 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 art uh, my average piece is around two hundred dollars. So it's not it's not a, a what do you call it an impulse buy. <laughs> but I
1: mean, so- <laughs> unless you're me.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, feel free <laughs> to, to, to exercise your impulses $100. on me anytime. <laughs>
1: there there's a reason I haven't opened that tab yet.
0: Yes, there is.
1: I impulse- I may have impulse bought a sewing machine this weekend. Oh, good. Yeah wasn't entirely an impulse
0: yeah, we did it was, it was, some research yeah, it was kind of but you have shit. had some success with a lot of these larger pieces
2: uh yeah um I recently I'm not going to mention names but I recently have a, acquired a big fan who's um you know he saw me at a convention and just like started buying stuff
1: it's Cam <laughs> isn't it
2: no yeah, yeah. <laughs> It,
0: it's not no. camp. He's he's buying other stuff, right?
2: Oh, now. okay. Uh, you know, I've I've sold a few of the larger pieces. You know, map of uh, Westeros and uh, Goonies map. The maps are actually the most fun for me to make. I really really enjoy those. Um, uh, you know, I've made a few.
0: I've got to tell you, they really are.
2: I've made a few as gifts for famous people, but um, you know that they didn't pay me for them.
1: Sometimes so. it's nicer to make them as gifts as someone who also, and Zombrean can vouch for this too. A lot of the times when you make something, um, I, I think yours less than certain other things. They look like a lot of time and effort is put into them more more than maybe something else that is also handmade that that could also be mass produced and people look at it and say you should sell that and we, <laughs> we turn around and look at them and go no one would buy it you can't yep. afford it this shawl that i knitted that yeah could be mass produced would cost okay the the materials are at least fifty dollars and then the you know hours and hours and hours of knitting put into it to pay a living wage to do that is just astronomical it's not feasible it's not feasible
2: well that's why i don't do shawls
1: yeah (laughs) well that that's why i give them as gifts because i don't like putting a price on things like that it feels crazy to be like i want you know hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. for this even though that is what it's worth so in order to not accumulate millions of them
0: <laughs> because
1: yeah, I, I have a considerable amount of raw material, um, I find that gifts are the way to go.
2: It's nice. It is, it, it is. is. Fun. You're making something uh, when you're making something as a gift. It the process is is usually faster and it's more fun. And you know, if it's a commission that somebody paid me to do something, especially if it's something I've never done before, every step of the way is is a, is a stressful because you don't want to screw it up. Um, and you really there's not much room for screwing up when you're burning into skin no you make a big mistake you scrap the whole piece so but when it's a gift just seems things uh, things seem to work very very smoothly I just made a map another map of Middle Earth with the intention of uh, gifting it to Richard Taylor from uh, Weta Workshop and whereas the map I made before that took me a hundred hours of work well let's cut that down to 60 without the bow that I carved to display it with. But just the map itself took about 60 hours of work. The map for Richard took me 20. I don't know how, I don't know why, there was some black magic involved, but it just, it (laughs) was like time travel. Something happened there where I just, I looked at the clock and then it was was just, well, the way I know how I, the way I keep time is actually watching movies while I work. And so when I make maps of Middle Earth, I obviously watch uh, Lord of the Rings. And I didn't even get through the special features on the two towers. Wow. <laughs> Whereas the map before, I watched all of that, I watched all of The Hobbit, the extended Hobbits, the four-hour cut of The Hobbit, and I still had a bunch of <laughs> hours left to kill on Netflix. So, oh, I don't man. know what happened.
1: You know, You're the masochistic just, there with those extended Hobbits.
0: <laughs> I know. Uh. You guys, you need to click on the links that are next to the talk cast and just... See some of this artwork; it's amazing. If you can get to a convention where he is, and you can actually get close up to it and not see the photograph, it's breathtakingly beautiful. Uh, the maps, the picture of the Joker, uh, all all the beautiful detail and and beautiful raw color in it is amazing. It's cave geek and it is someone who i am just envious of his talent kefir mendel thank you so much for joining us man thank you very much my pleasure kriana what's going on in the next couple of weeks and don't forget you've got to do sarah's part too
1: i know i'm already actually <laughs> I've already got it up. I was super prepared. Anyway, awesome. next week, we have Alan and Chris from HB Comics coming to talk about... I still don't know what they're coming to talk about. Do you know?
0: They are coming to talk about Team Synergy, their new comic.
1: Excellent. Um, a week after that, Al- Allison Wilgus and Paul Starr of Sockdolliger Publishing talk about their series of fantasy anthologies. And on the 19th, Melinda Snodgrass, writer for Star Trek Renegades comes to tell us about her new book and then we have a lot of holidays so we'll see you after that and moving on. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, GraniteCon, Con, BooksandBooze.com and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on LawrenceMadeMeCry.com Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at RobWattsOnline.com Don't?
0: I want to thank our guest, Kithia Mendel. It's it's a joy to watch a, a true artisan at work and see the beauty that he produces. Check it out if you get a chance. I want to thank our abbreviated cast for our abbreviated what I think is uh, our, our last show of this month, right before Thanksgiving. So it's definitely... Yeah,
1: obviously it's our last show this month, Dome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> From the your Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard and our woman of words, Zombrarian. Thank you so much, ladies.
1: You're welcome.
0: This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared penis lesson, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. I know.